Hi, and welcome back to Get Growing, a podcast from the Minnesota Hemp Association. My name is Joe Radinovich, and I'm your host, as well as the president of the Minnesota Hemp Association. With thoughts of spring and the upcoming growing season on our minds, we recently wrapped up our four-part online series talking about issues and questions facing Minnesota hemp growers for this year. In our last podcast episode, we recapped our first two presentations. The first, from Whitney Place, talked about the Minnesota Department of Agriculture's hemp program growing in the time of COVID-19 and where support exists for hemp growers to make investments in their business. The second presentation from J.P. Wenger talked about hemp genetics and potency. Check out our last podcast episode if you missed it. Now we'll dive into the final two presentations of our grower series. First, Kia Mikesh, CEO and partner at Adams Testing, took on a topic that is at the top of mind for all of us. Testing. Sampling can affect the end result substantially. And so um, there is a lot to this. Like on the grain side, we, we do a lot of testing, but really, first and foremost, we're samplers. And that's where most of our regulation comes in is on the sampling because there's so much that can be done to manipulate the results through it or just not have a representative sample. So producers will come to us and they're just sending in samples and then maybe the state comes out and it's a completely different result. So if you're testing in the beginning, you're testing to do it in so that you know you're in compliance with the state, then we recommend testing and sampling your product in the field exactly how the state would come out and test it. So if they're, if they're taking the top six inches off and they're going in a sawtooth pattern throughout it, then I would sample in that means. Then you know you're having representative sample. She also answered the all-important question of when in the growing process to begin testing. It doesn't make sense to really test it before it's flowering and budding. Uh, it's not really going to have anything in it. But once it starts flowering and budding, we've seen a lot of producers have kind of um, been the standard across a lot of them that they'll just start submitting um, in select intervals. So we have, there were producers that they would just show up every Wednesday. They would have their sample. They'd have it ready because they wanted to be able to plot and see in their Excel, Excel spreadsheets or whatever programs they're using to see how that worked and how that, um, um, how it grew over time and how quickly it ramped up. Um, there, so that set amount of, that interval is pretty important. So some people did seven days, some people did every 14 days, others 10. Um, depends on how frequently you want to test. And some people that were testing more frequently were because they had a lot of hemp. So it was just a little scarier for them, I think. Um, but they, so finding kind of that set interval that you want, that what makes sense for you, and then sticking to it. Um, so like I said, some people start right at that flowering budding, some people will wait a week or two and um, go from there. And then sometimes people will also just send a sample in and they see that it's the total THC is at like 0 0.003 or something. And then they'll wait another two, three weeks and then throw another test out there just to kind of see. And then if they see it start getting up there, they'll just start testing more frequently towards the end. So kind of depends on how, how you feel comfortable, but those are different options that I've seen. Last, but certainly not least, we wrapped up this grower series with a panel of some of Minnesota's most seasoned hemp farmers, Aaron Peterson of River Valley Hemp, Sarah and Lucas Keitzer of Journey Farms, 
and Charlie Levine of Hemp Acres joined us to give us insights into what they think farmers need to know to get into the growing season. Aaron kicked things off with his thoughts on establishing your markets ahead of the growing season. And one thing that I realized growing hemp is that if you do not have either a processor lined up with a contract, and even in that instance, there's no guarantee that they're going to follow through. Um, but if you don't have a, a market established ahead of time for what you're growing, it's not a crop that you can just expect uh, that people are going to be calling you daily saying, oh, do you want to sell this or do you want to sell that? Or you can just make a call and sell it. It's something that really takes a lot of effort and you really have to carve out a niche or establish a um, demand chain for your product, really, I would say, before you grow any quantity. Um, because it's, it's a challenging time in the hemp industry right now, especially for biomass and, and CBD um, products and extraction and that sort of thing. So uh, I feel that it's really important to, to know your market and, um, and, and speak with people ahead of time before you calculate acreage and, and all those sorts of things because you know, there's quite a few costs that go into growing and producing anything and um, farmers necessarily aren't positioned to wait 12 months or 18 months to see a return on that uh, season's investment. That would be um, probably the takeaway that I've had from this last season. Charlie, one of the initial six licensees in Minnesota Hemp, talked about the future potential of processors working with hemp fiber. Uh, there's a couple folks uh, out of Olivia, Minnesota, who um, I'm working with. Uh, they're in the works of raising $10 million for a scalable fiber operation or, or decortication operation. Um, but again, they're kind of in their beginning steps and don't really have end markets for stuff. Um, but that's, that's one that could go online. Um, and like I said, we're, we're looking to expand and our focus is on grain and fiber. And we've been moving into, uh, uh, first off 50,000 square feet of food processing and the total building is 180,000 square feet. So if we can get our funding together and things calm down here in the economy, we hopefully will be able to, uh, raise some money and start, um, start that project. So that would be for a large scale decortication operation. We ended the panel by asking Sarah for an optimistic view on the rapidly growing CBD market and her thoughts on whether the market is oversaturated. So being a lover of the industry, um, I would hate to say that yes, there's too much being grown. Um, and it's not necessarily what's being grown that's the problem. It's the end market that isn't fully established yet because of some of the regulations that we have in place. Um, you know, we're in a, a situation where yes, it's an emerging market. Um, many people don't understand uh, the market and the product itself. And with our, you know, kind of regu regulatory things working against us, it, it really is a block in, in opening the market. So, um, it's only going to grow as regulation um, comes alongside of us and we can expand into more consumer products. And I feel that that is the future. You know, the FDA um, in particular is, you know, really being called to action. Um, they, they're being asked to make a definitive decision so that those of us in the industry who 
who understand it and know the benefits, um, you know, can continue to do what we do best and connect with the consumer market and um, grow the industry. So right now today, yes, um, maybe more acres than what the consumer market can support, but I don't feel that that is always going to be the case. And because of the um, different varieties that we can grow um, and the limitless amount that we can bring into um, into the consumer market uh, is only going to, to be better down the road. As you can probably tell from the clips we've shared, there's a lot more information in each of these hour-long sessions. If you'd like to hear all four webinars, the playback is available by reaching out to contact at mnhempassociation.org. That's contact at mnhempassociation.org. In the meantime, happy growing, and visit our website at mnhempassociation.org. That's mnhempassociation.org and you'll learn more about what we're up to. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care.